Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. On today's episode of On The Mic, hairy Aussie comedy sensation Isaac Butterfield, the Butsman. We talk Israel Palau, weird Bible rules, how Isaac won his war against the project, and find out about his new comedy special out now. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, especially if you're a Botsman fan. Is it too late? Is it too late to leave? Yeah, it's too late to leave, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to On The Mic. Look, it's the Botsman, Isaac Butterfield. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you for having hey. me here in your studio. It's fantastic. The backdrop is very central. I like it. Great to finally get you in here. Actually, you're from Newcastle. I am from the Newcastle. The background is from Newcastle. Do you know oh. which restaurant? Uh, uh, no. Chinese food, little hint. No. Bow Brothers. Oh, right. You've been at Bow Brothers at the back? Dude, they my, have, my Uber driver was telling me about his mate who owns Bow Brothers Have you been morning. there? You no. Honestly, best Chinese food ever. Best bow, obviously. Yeah. They get a food truck travels all over Australia. But in the back room, they have this this huge dining area, and they have this all over the wall. And I said to the guy running, "I'm like, that's awesome." Yeah. And he goes, well, "You know what? We can send it to you if you like on a on a link, and you can download it." And I did, and now it's a background for the studio. What is your favorite? Um, well, this is my poster. favorite movie of all time. Okay, Blood, Blood Sport. Sport Jean Claude yep. Van Damme. Yep. Is there any that really tickle um, your fancy? I like uh, Kung Fu Halloween. That, that's that's a little bit strange. Uh, like this one up the top here, you probably can't see he's out of shot. Stud Brown. Stud Brown. He packs the biggest rod in town. <laughs> hey, you're packing a big house. Oh. Yeah, you've, uh, you're selling out all over Australia. Everywhere. Uh, you, you almost got a million followers on YouTube. Very close. Uh, your Instagram's going nuts, even though you don't have a blue tick. But you, it's very you, sad. I've noticed you've got a blue tick and I don't. I don't. Maybe well, I'm not worthy of being I, here. No, I've, I've worked for him a little bit, uh, hosting some events like at the Commonwealth Games and stuff like that. So maybe they went, oh, he's all right. Hmm. We'll, give, we'll give him one. I'm not saying you don't deserve it. I'm just saying I also deserve it. But I think you deserve it too. <laughs> and I you do. never know. You, you might just get a little blue tick given to you from the gods. What, what do you think that means, having a blue tick? Is it is it just like well, a little... Well, this is... I started in comedy to get a blue tick and without it my mm. life is nothing less nothing short of a misery every morning is tough to get up i look every morning i wake up i've set an alarm at six o'clock to see if that blue tick's there and then i go back to bed until 6 p.m why don't you just take a photo of a blue tick like a screenshot and just make that your profile pic never thought that way that way you've got one and it's even bigger than everyone else's you got a bigger tick than everyone never it's not about how big your tick is it's, it's whether what I... you can photoshop it with. I, don't know. I, I heard uh your tick stinks. My tick does stink. But anyway, it's 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 not a big deal. It's just funny that I don't that I don't have it. I'm just I'm just I'm just when I get I'm like with my audience when I get an idea behind them, mm. they want to see it come through the other side. And Who is your audience? My audience is very very strange. People often think that my audience is just young dudes, but mm. in reality, the people who come to shows, the the most of them are young people, but. They're usually middle-aged young people. So when we're talking like 20s, early 30s, and they're usually couples. I think it's at a show, it's probably 50-50 male, female. Mm. 
And a lot of people wouldn't really expect that. They'd expect it all just be young, like men. But it's not that. It's not the case at all. Your fans are diehard. They're like an army. And what I love about them is, is if someone has a go at you online, they oh, yeah. they just go on a troll fest to defend oh, yeah. you. They will, they will do anything. Yeah. And, and it actually is something that I have to be really careful of. Mm. Because if I send them after people, and I have done this in the past, this lady uh, emailed me. Uh, she said, uh, you should go and kill yourself. I wouldn't even be mad if you killed yourself today. Mm. So I screenshotted that and I posted on my Instagram and in the screenshot was her um, her the name photo. and her, her photo. Yeah, right. I was like, well, you're a fucking idiot if you send that to me. Like, mm. yeah. why would you do that? So I posted it on there and within, I think probably about 20 minutes, it had something like 30,000 likes and it was going off on Twitter and people were contacting her employers in the UK. Oh my they were God. not even just the employers, like the company that she worked for, but <laughs> they found her HR manager's private uh, Twitter page and were bombarding her. So I ended up deleting it. Mm. And I just thought this is just... Did you, your fans went too far there. Oh, I wouldn't say they went too far. She was a bitch for doing it. Yeah, but, but do you think she but I don't want to lose her, her job or no, people to ring no, up? And No, just because you're a piece of shit doesn't mean you should like get, be attacked. Yeah. You know, I'm in the public, a public eye, so I, mm. I can be attacked and it's fine. Go it's for it. It's tough when you have your, your political opinion online and someone doesn't agree with it. And if they want to take it all the way, like it recently happened to a friend of mine. He, he's the marketing manager of a big international organization. And I used to work with him on TV years ago and I, I put up some sort of a post and I can't remember what it was about, but it, it got a few people riled up and a couple of people having a go at each other in the comments section. Like, who reads the freaking comments anyway? Yeah. And uh, this guy who I didn't even really know that well, he'd just been to a few Big Brother shows over the years and sort of hung around as a fan of whatever the fuck I was doing and decided to take it upon himself to start messaging that guy's HR department and, and their bosses and start writing stuff on their, on their Facebook page and instantly just makes him look really bad. And the, and the comment from what I remember wasn't really that, that, uh, that appalling. Well, it's a part of this cancel culture. So mm. as soon as something, someone does something slightly politically incorrect or incorrect in some people's eyes, mm. then they have this mob mentality where they need them to be just removed from whatever they're doing, whether they're uh, a high-profile CEO or they're working at Woolies, people demand that they are sacked, removed, and mm. their lives are ruined. And that's what sort of happened to me with that lady. I was just like, oh, I don't want to ruin someone's life just because they were an asshole for yeah. a minute. You know, she might have been drunk. Who knows what yeah, she was going through that day? Absolutely. She probably had a, someone died or something and she just decided to pick on you because you had a beard. The world's a hard place, mm. Mike. It is, but it, uh, but honestly, it was it was fine, and and it's this is this uh, this whole cancel culture thing, and that's why it's sort of dangerous too, mm. because Jesus Christ, I'm yeah, a fucking amateur. <laughs> I was getting fired up. That's it. Cancel culture is very dangerous because it's just it's just attacking people. That's all it is, and that's why people just freak out about all these different types of things. As soon as somebody does something or says something that's slightly inappropriate, which is fine, you're allowed to say those mm. type of things. All of a sudden, their lives are turned upside down. Well, look at Israel Folau. I mean, yeah. it looks like he's about to lose a two million dollar contract, which is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, what he said was an asshole thing to say. But I I'd actually never saw it. I wonder if it's actually still up there on his page. Well, he probably, do, you, do you know if it is? Well, the thing is, when you post something like that, you may as well just leave it up. Let's have a look. Do you reckon he's taken it down or left it up? I reckon he's left it up. Really? I don't know. I, re I reckon he would have taken it down. Because he know, doubled down on it for a bit. <gasps> he did. That's the last post. He's left it there. 55,000 likes. Whoa. And how many comments has he had? 
50,923 comments. Wow. He has doubled down in a big way. Warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters, hell awaits you. Repent, only Jesus saves. Well, that's, that's in the Bible, so... Yeah. And that's um, sort of led me into this next segment, which I'd like to do with you, if that's all right. Yes, please. It's called The Weirdest Rules in the Bible. Go on. <clears throat> you know, divorce is on par with homosexuality in the Bible. They started a religion just to have divorce. Oh, the, uh, that's probably, uh, you know, Scientology? No, no, no. The New no, Testament? No, no. <laughs> no it was, it was, it was uh, King, Gideons? King Henry VIII. There's so many. He oh, started oh, the Church of England. Yeah, he started oh, okay, the Church right. of England so he could divorce his wife. Yeah. Okay, you ready for some weird shit? Yeah. All right. Because, <clears throat> I mean, this is all from the Old Testament, obviously. And, you know, they all believe Adam and, and Eve existed and Noah made the ark and Jesus rose from the dead, you know, all that stuff. Uh, okay, number one. When fighting another man, chop off his wife's hand if she grabs your genitals. Mm. Well, I mean, when how do you do that in like a logical sense? So you're fighting with someone. Mm. Say we're fighting. Yeah. Are you married? Uh, Beyonce, yeah. Beyonce. Bianca. Bianca. And, okay, well, this is getting weird. Hypothetically speaking, you were married to someone, not Bianca, mm. and they grabbed me on the genitals. Mm-hmm. In what part of the fight do you chop off someone's hand? I think you, you actually have to say, stop, wait. She grabbed me on the balls. Yeah, she did. Come here. Sorry, darling. Do I warned you? You know the rules. Okay, let's hand continue off. fighting. They love taking a hand off back in the day, too. Uh, number two. Women suspected of adultery have to drink dirty water. Which is fair, hmm. let's be honest. Uh, number three, if your slave refuses freedom, pierce their ear. Okay. Number four, don't sit where a menstruating woman has sat. But that's just hygiene. It is because they didn't have all the kind of technology that no, had to sort of... There'd just be a little bit of spotting going on. Clean it up, yeah. yeah. I saw a man in... And I don't know what your audience is with your podcast. I don't hmm. know if this is far too far, but I saw a man in Perth... And he must have had some issues. This was at a higher car place. He had some issues with hemorrhoids. Mm. And he didn't know when he was wearing white pants. Oh, they're bleeding. They were like not just bleeding. They were hemorrhaging. Oh, hemorrhaging blood. That's where the hemorrhoid Hemorrhages. name comes from. Yeah, yeah does Ooh. it? Oh, God. Anyway, it, it, was, it was bad. And I didn't say anything. We were just like sort of sitting there going, oh, no, this is terrible. Mm. Like, what do you say to someone in that situation? Sir, your arsehole's bleeding. Like, it's bad. She had to leave the party with his jacket tied around his waist, like that girl in the tampon commercial. I had to leave a party with my jacket tied around my waist. Shouldn't have happened, but now I know why it did. Except it was far more... It looked like he'd been stabbed in the ass, like they stabbed... um, Oh, that's that's a pretty bad hemorrhoid, though. Yeah, fucking oath. You ever had a hemorrhoid? Oh, yeah. Really? I'm a man. If you don't have a hemorrhoid, you're not trying hard enough. (laughs) I've never had a hemorrhoid. Like, I, I, I didn't think it was that common. I got another mate of mine, Ben, you know who you are, he said... He couldn't believe it. So you've never had a hemorrhoid. I'm like, no. Well, why would I have ever had a hemorrhoid? I'd... It gives you something to do. Next one. Do not wear clothes made of both linen and wool. You will go to hell if you wear a shirt woven of two different fabrics. Yes. That's actually a joke in my new special, which is available <laughs> on the 14th of May. Uh, it's a Did great you joke. plan to get a plug-in for that the first three minutes into Absolutely. the show? Absolutely. Oh, fair enough. So you should. I should have said that at the start. <laughs> we should redo the beginning of the show. Um, that, that's uh, because priests were only allowed to wear linen and wool together. Ah. Yes. They were only allowed to feel the fine wool and linen feeling It's funny how skin. the priests were, because they were the hand of God. Mm. They were so... Um, um, they were so special in that time. Like you could not, you know, you obviously couldn't speak ill of them, but they were looked up to as like a king would be. 
Mm. You know, they were the hand of the king. They were looked after. They were like really, they were celebrities, basically. Yeah, religion was political as well. They were pretty much running sure. the place. Uh, next up, never boil a baby goat in mother's milk. No, uh, I never do that. No, fair enough. That's, That's just a, a nice thing to do. It doesn't taste that good either. No. Uh, number eight, don't tear your clothes. Because apparently uh, when women were grieving or men, they go, oh! Is that just like so you don't people don't have to make more clothes, or is that like a rationing thing? Maybe they had a clothes shortage back then before they wrote the Old Testament. Maybe um, number nine: don't eat owls. I don't think an owl would taste uh, that great. Who said? I was trying to think. Who? Of, I was trying to think of an owl. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, number ten: don't touch your genitals in public. I'm going to hell. I didn't think anyone was looking. Uh, number 11 If a man has sex with an animal He must be put to death And the animal must be killed Why kill the animal? I mean it's just, It wasn't up for it Might have been Imagine how many sheep Would be dead in New Zealand See that's why You're the Bart's man <laughs> Hello to our Kiwi friends I've only got like Two Kiwi viewers anyway Yeah I, I don't really have A favourite Kiwi joke They've all been said I ended up on the project In New Zealand Because I was accused Of racism against Kiwis When I was making jokes About them Oh really? What yeah. did you say? What do, what do you call A uh, sheep shearer in New Zealand? A pimp. What do they say when they're shearing a sheep in New Zealand? Get it off. Get it off. <laughs> Haven't you heard all these? No. <laughs> okay, so you didn't say any of those. No, but I was, it was basically that type of stuff. I was just pointing to the fact that all New Zealanders have hairy feet, like the Hobbit. Yeah. And they root sheep. But they obviously they don't. No, well. But, but you can say that as a joke. <clears throat> yeah. And, and they got upset. So Facebook removed the video and then it became this whole media sort of thing. Right. And I ended up on the project for New, in New Zealand and it was hilarious. Oh, so were, that's great. You got some good promotion out of it. It was amazing. I <laughs> you, love it. You when found the, some fans. Every time the media blows up, it's great for me. It's fantastic. And what was it like uh, being on the project in New Zealand? Is, is it so left like the one is in, in Australia? Mm, absolutely. Australia, Australian one's an abomination. Is it, it is. just as bad? It's, it's run by the same company, awful, I guess. Yeah, it's all the same. Roving, roving enterprises. And, and so how did you... Um, you go getting on the show did you have to fly over there well they were going to fly me over but i was like i don't want to go to new zealand for one day like Mm. what's the point in that i just they just sent me to i'm from newcastle they just sent me the local tv station Mm. and i did an interview with them and i had no you know i couldn't see them i could only just hear them Mm. so i was just looking at a camera this is my first tv interview so i was shitting it and um i I was it was it was it was pretty terrifying but and so, where did you shoot it in uh, in Newcastle, like NBN Studios yes. or something like that? Yes, right. Okay, cool. And they just asked me questions, and then what I had learned afterwards was I really need to record these interviews when they're happening. Yeah, because right. they cut they cut me to pieces to make me look like a bit of a dick. So, how long was the interview? Maybe ten minutes, and they only played probably about two minutes. Ah, yeah, that's the old project trick. They yep. they record you for an hour, and then they cut it cut it down to just yes. what they want. I mean, they they knew how they wanted to make you look 100%. most of the time on those shows before you go on. But I don't know you. You've been in TV for a long time. How big of an audience do you think the New Zealand project might have off the top of your head? Like a viewer from what's one- the population of New Zealand? Is it like 16, 10 million or something? Sixteen million at least. Other. Oh, it's four million people in New Zealand, but I reckon. Uh, well, if you look at four million, probably have like two hundred thousand people watching your shows. Yeah. So that video that I made about it, setting the record straight, has like one point five million views on YouTube. <laughs> so I won. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you won in the it's end. It's always about it, it, as long as I can get away with the win. You know, it's it's like I always say. If there's, Did you a, send if there's the a peacock involved? Then... A peacock? Do you like that? Peacock mug. That's a beautiful mug. Uh, it was... Uh, careful, mate. There's some Yorkshire tea in there. Oh, um, <laughs> it was... Yeah, but it was great. And that's the thing about... Mm. YouTube is a lot like politics. You have to spin things. Mm. And if you can spin them 
and you have the truth on your side as well, people are very happy to get on board. And much like you said before, my audience being very vocal and very, uh, mm. they, they really get into things. They just got behind it and bagged the shit out of New Zealand Project. It was mm. the same when uh, Bay FM, the Byron Bay radio station, was uh, insulting me in a way, saying that I'm a horrible person, that I hate women, all these type of things. And I told my audience about it. And I may or may not have mentioned their uh, their studio uh, phone number and email address oh, uh, on on hey. on my video, and I also gave out their Facebook page, which is private, which is not private; it's public. And their reviews went from five, a uh, four and a half out of five, so I think one out of five in about twenty five minutes. You're like a wizard, you, you and your your fans are like your magic spells, and you can cast your spell out there and just destroy people if you really wanted to. How far would they go if you let them? But it's only if the truth's on my side. Mm. If I'm an asshole and someone calls me out for being an asshole, then you can't get away with that. Yeah. But it's because... Has every- that happened? Have you ever apologized? Yeah. I apologized over this, uh, the Holocaust scandal. So I made a joke about vegans, which was comparing uh, vegans being welcome at my show, like having Jewish people welcome at Auschwitz in 1942. <laughs> well, that's true. Right? It's 100% true. You don't like vegans. So a lady got upset about that. And then she came to me uh, in, an, in an email the night after. Mm. And she said, oh, Isaac, I, was, I loved your show. And my show is very offensive. Mm. It covers a lot of different topics, a lot of horrible topics. And she said, I loved everything but that joke about the Holocaust. You can never joke about the Holocaust. Mm. So I was about to go on stage and I was in like stage mode. So I was like, I was fired up. And I replied with, uh, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the oven. That's all I replied oh, with. So this made you news. really? <laughs> Why did you write that? It, if, it, if I said that on stage, that's a hilarious yeah, comeback. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, okay. so, I, so that ended up making it to the newspaper. The crime reporter from the Herald Sun in Melbourne came out and talked about it. And it went everywhere. It went to the Israel Times. It was uh, oh, wow. people like uh, changed. They, they got translated. And so what did you do? You wrote, you wrote to her or? So I wrote to her and I said, listen, I, I shouldn't have sent that to you as an email. It's taken out of context. It's not in a comedy show. But in the same vein, if you email a doctor about a, a, a prognosis he's given you, you're going to get medical advice back. Mm. If you email a comedian... <laughs> he's going to write something stupid I'm going to recite something horrible back. But the thing is, I did apologise because she would have got that email at home and maybe that ruined her night. And that's not what I'm about. Yeah. Uh, but, if I, I, but I still said it on stage and I won't apologise for that joke. Mm. I still like that joke. I still do that joke. Mm. And I will continue to still but do you that know, joke. That, that's uh, you know, a one-off. I guess it doesn't happen very often. I mean, I mean you, you run the line of comedy as... you know people who I remember when I was a kid like you know the Rodney Roods and the Kevin Bloody Wilsons did you grow up on that with that kind no, of comedy no but or? it's not even that it's not even like that like those guys are offensive for the sake of being offensive like mm. I acknowledge that my jokes are horrible mm. like when I say something really really rude or mean on stage like I've, I've got a, 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 the look on my face is like a sheer horror of what I've just said and that's how I play it mm. more like a Jim Jeffries style a Bill Burr style mm. you know we lo- I look at the things that are fucked up to say say them and then explain why that's it's okay to sort of say that yeah if society's um, fucked up <clears throat> someone's got to bring it to our attention otherwise yeah. we'll just go along with whatever people say in the project but also nothing happens that's what steve hughes said this mm. the most famous australian comedian that no one knows he says when you uh when you say something offensive or when you're offended rather nothing happens you don't wake up with leprosy like nothing bad actually happens yeah you just go, oh, and that's it. John Cleese said it recently in an interview, and actually he's probably said it in a lot of interviews since then. 
he's so over people being offended mm. and there's no way that he could do any of the old Monty Python no. skits that he used to do. Or... It's ruining stand-up. That's what it's doing. Yeah, but Ab- you're not. You're, you're the savior. You're like the stand-up Superman flying to everyone's Absolutely. rescue, being able to say whatever the bloody hell you like. Thank fuck I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. What a great time it is to be alive. But but people want that type of, type of humor. Mm. And the reason I do that is because I enjoy it. Mm. I like Jim Jeffries, Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, uh, you know, uh, George Carlin back in the day. These guys who would push the boundaries. That's what I enjoy. Jimmy Carr. Why wouldn't I do that? You know, it makes sense. If you're into some type of music as a kid, when you get into music, wouldn't you try and imitate the people you really enjoy? So is that the end goal? You ought to be touring America and playing big shows over there and 100%. crack the US? Yes. So at the moment, we're still working on Australia. Uh, sold out tour last year. Just about to go on tour again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be in the UK as well for oh, it. Great. And America hopefully tacking on the end of that, perhaps this time next year. So there's um, a different side to you that's uh, not the out there uh, abrasive, loud mouth comedian that likes to shock people. I nah, mean, nah. you uh, you you see that in in your latest documentary. We've got a screening for tonight, which I'll be to help run the Q and A for. And uh, you, you've uh, got a really interesting background where you uh, you worked as a social worker, yep, uh, helping people with mental health and yep. disabilities. Yep. Uh, how did you get into that line of work and how do you go from being in that line of work to being a comedian? Uh, I've, I've got a very weird sort of, uh, sort of past with jobs and stuff, but I just sort of did that for a long time. I originally worked with kids who had been removed from their homes for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I, you know, I basically was a babysitter for them and that was sort of straight out of school. Oh, maybe I was about 19 or 20. And then I got into that line of work with the mental health stuff. That was really good. And then, um, around the same time, I started having uh, these epileptic uh, spells, if you will. Uh, and what I mean by that is I'd start uh, uh, losing control of my head and neck. So what would happen is my eyes would change direction. So wherever they were, they would go into like the corner of this eye. So they would wow. be like you're trying Crazy to... Crazy eye. Yeah, basically. Like I was trying to look behind me to my left, if you can imagine that. And then my left eye would go completely blind. So this happened when I was like laying in bed for the first time. It was very, very scary. It happened when I was playing footy, stuff like that. Uh, And it happens for about 10 seconds. I'm completely conscious throughout it. And, uh, And it sort of, it affected me in a way where I had to stop playing football. It worried me with a lot of things like going out and and doing like day to day things. Uh, I'm now on medication for it and it doesn't really happen anymore, which is great. But it also left me with like a sort of a PTSD sort of thing where because it happened in public a couple of times, I was very embarrassed and, Mm. you know, you do anything at all costs to avoid that type of stuff. So I ended up with like anxiety and all that type of stuff as well. So then to work in that field, I found that quite an interesting way to sort of get into the heads of people who are, uh, for whatever reason, suffering at that point in their lives because Mm. a lot of people don't see that. Like I, I, I've had people in my life, my family who have had anxiety before and I've spoken to them and I said, you just need to calm down. Mm. And I think there's a great quote that said, no one in the history of calming down ever calmed down because someone said to calm down. Yeah. Like it doesn't work. I've tried it many a time and they just don't listen. They, they, it doesn't it, work. It even makes them go more crazy. People freak out, man. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's sort of how I got into that field. And it's, mm. it's interesting. And that's why I talk a lot about that on my, on my channel because a lot, I get a lot of emails about people saying, you know, I suffer from this, this and this and, and thank you for making it normal. More and more people nowadays are getting anxiety. My, my fiance, she's got uh, anxiety <clears throat> and she's been uh, having a bit of CBD oil. Yep. That, that helps calm you down. But uh, she put something on social media the other day saying, you know, anyone out there that's going through this, can you message me and tell me some of the ways that I can deal with it? 
and uh, and I thought it was great of her to put it out there like you do, just to let people know that that she was going through it. And she got so many messages from people who are going through the same thing. Yeah. It's not something that you, you you look at someone and go, oh, they're having anxiety. You like can't they see They might it. have a, a broken leg or something like that. You can't see it. And um, so to, to have people come from out of the woodwork to support her like that and just give her all these different things that she could try. Um, and what just, just from a few of the things that they've said to do, like, uh, you know, try getting off dairy and... Uh, you know, try reading a book because you're focusing your thoughts on, on, on a book and it gives you peace rather than thinking all sorts of other crazy stuff. Just a few little things has made such a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was, uh, it, was, it was based on these dramatic events. Mm. So uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was panic attacks daily. So I'd wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'd be uh, on edge, anxious, uh, freaking out not being able to see properly until I would go to bed. And that was for about a year. And in that time, I was touring, making videos, three videos a week, two videos a week, and doing all that type of stuff, mm. which, get, which now has given me the world of confidence to know that I can do a show under any circumstance. Mm. You know, hemorrhoids, whatever. I'm <laughs> fucking covered, man. Uh, do you want a pillow to sit on? Yeah. Okay. I've got one now. Oh, I've, yeah. I bring my, my ass cushion. Um, <laughs> but yeah... And over time, it just it, it, for people to learn that it does get better. And CBD is great. Mm. Uh, and uh, shout out to Dutch Natural Healing, who uh, from obviously from Holland, who definitely don't send to Australia and definitely don't go to their website because yeah. it's definitely not a hundred percent illegal yet. So do not go to Dutch Natural Healing, yeah, uh, because they definitely don't. Even if customs pick it up, they definitely don't resend it. Yeah, Dutch Dutch Natural Healing is not somewhere that you should go to get that kind of stuff. Or uh, CBD oil online, definitely yeah. don't go to that. Don't. I'm pretty sure it's blocked. And it's something that I don't uh, I don't support in any way. It's gross. It's doing anything illegal. No. But uh, on my last podcast, I did speak to Stephen Vandeventer, who uh, is from a big Canadian um, cannabis company called Assyrian, and they're opening a four hundred and fifty million dollar cannabis plant farm in um, in Toowoomba. Oh wow! Oh, that's not going to help the Toowoomba locals. They're already fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the biggest in the world, and it's, wow. it's already got um, big project status from the federal government and the state government backing it as well. So Isn't that hilarious? Times are changing. Hey, that it is li- illegal here, and you will go to jail for that. But there is a four hundred and fifty million dollar field of it growing. And what are, what are they going to do to all the people who are in jail for it? Well, that's when, it. When when all well, of what do they do in America? Yeah. Are they still in there? They're giving them pardons, or I don't. Know. I don't know. And it's probably it's a good, it's an interesting one to sort of look into. Yeah. But the thing is, and 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 the but the the caveat with with cannabis and CBD is non psychoactive, so it doesn't have THC in it. Mm-hmm. So what CBD does is it acts with your endocannabinoid system, mm-hmm. and it does a lot of things. It calms you down. It reduces inflammation. It's really good. Uh, THC can make you sort of anxious sometimes, all that type of stuff. Maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. I would say to people, if you're under the age of 25 and you've, you know, your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully formed yet, then pot, Don't touch the shit. pot is not good for you. Yep. After that, you fucking go for it. You do your thing, all right? As long as you're... As long as you don't abuse it, but people abuse cheeseburgers as well. So what the fuck are you going to do? My dad's had cancer for about eight years and legally he's been having uh, medicinal marijuana for the for the last three years to help right. with the pain and the radiation and the yep. chemo. Changed his life. It's I bet. Made things so much easier. I bet. And just the stress of it as well. It just sort of calms yeah. him and, uh, and takes away a lot of the pain. You can still feel the pain a little bit, but uh, it just made his life just so much better so if anyone's going through anything like that i'd definitely uh, mm. ask your doctor about getting yourself some medicinal cannabis mm. because 
It's definitely going to help you out. And watch that that uh, interview with Stephen Van Deventer because um, it's just incredible some of the science behind what they're doing out there in Toowoomba. They, Which uh, is a sentence no one ever expected to hear. Yeah, no, that's science, science in Toowoomba. Toowoomba. Science in Toowoomba. <laughs> um, they're teaming up with uh, University of Queensland and uh, and and you know going right down to the molecular structure of the plant and and uh, cloning the actual fingerprint of certain types of plants so that they can use it for um, epilepsy and like this is one um, girl that they named a, a, a CBD oil off. I think her name was Charlotte. Charlotte's Charlotte's Web. You heard about that? Yeah. And uh, she was having something like 295 epileptic fits a day. And then when she started taking the CBD oil, she, it's down to like one or two. Yeah. So it's gone from a life not worth living to a, a life worth living. Yeah. But hey, it's not the cannabis show. It's the Isaac Butterfield show. Hey, it's about helping people. It's about yeah. making people's lives yeah. and, easier. And so is that, is that something that you're going to do down the track? <clears throat> you, you, do you want to have some sort of a, um, a foundation to help people with anxiety and, and help people with uh, different disabilities? Maybe. What direction I don't, do you think you I don't know. That? I don't know. My, my, I've, I've, I've lived with disabilities my whole life. My brother's autistic and he's a 22, I think, now. And uh, he can't speak, can't look after him, himself. So I think that really gave me a lot of benefits growing up because uh, I, I learned how to deal with people who were in a predicament. And I also learned how to be very empathetic and, and sort of... But in saying that, I treat him like anyone else. You know, mm. if he's been an asshole, I'll call him an asshole. That's how sort of I... Because that's how I'd like to be treated if I was in that situation. But there are a lot of people, and particularly with the way that the government's sort of working on the NDIS at the moment. The NDIS is a great thing mm-hmm. for people with disabilities. But the, the government are cutting so much money from it. It's just like, why would you punish the most vulnerable people in society mm. and they haven't done anything wrong and you're just cutting money from them? Doesn't make sense. Like there are people out there, like my brother has a wheelchair. He doesn't need it to not walk. But if he's going to go out in public, he just, he's, he'll just sit down. He's like, fuck that, I'm not walking. So to get him out in public and actually give him a life, he, mm. he sits in the wheelchair and people just walking around. It's great. He loves it, loves walking around. He has the biggest smile on his face. It's beautiful. But some people can't afford those chairs because they're like 10 grand. Mm. So the NDIS comes along and then all of a sudden people can get new wheelchairs and, and all these people who can't get out of bed and mm. they're looked after. They've got carers coming out. They're beautiful. Mm. Um, but... It, it's just scary to think that, that that's a conversation in Parliament going, you know what, we should really should cut some money from this. this mm. is, we're spending too much money on that. Are they cutting it or they haven't yet? I'm not sure. Oh, who knows? I'm not sure. That was yeah. that was the talk. That mm. was the talk. And to, for even that to come up in conversation is scary. Mm. It's like you, you'll happily spend all this money on the gay marriage survey, hundreds of millions of dollars, $100 million, $140 million on that, a survey. Mm. That's why I say in my special. Can't we just set up a website and click? Well, yes why wouldn't or no? you just do what Big Brother did? They had surveys every week for ten years. If you want to be involved, just ring up. Ring up one eight hundred. Vote yes. Yes. Vote no. Whatever. And if you're a backwards cunt from Toowoomba, <laughs> just fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's it's just so easy to do that online for a lot cheaper. And for an obvious answer. Like even even actually voting in an election. Like we do all our oh. banking online. Why why do we have to go and fill out a big piece of paper? And put it in a box. That no one understands. And some people who are 98 years old who are volunteering have to count the votes. Oh, could you imagine going home after a day of counting votes? Even handing out how to vote cards. Oh, they're the weirdest people. Why would you give up your day to do that? Well, I used to. Uh, (laughs) My my stepdad was a federal politician for 30 years. Oh, really? Yeah. David Joel, legend. Mentioned him quite a, quite a bit on this show. I haven't heard of him, but, but yeah, yeah. Well, he's not around anymore. But he, uh, yeah, he was he was a great guy. But okay. yeah, I when I was like from the age of about twelve years old, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh, well. Just hand these out and smile at people. Look cute. 
Trying to help me get my job back. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. It's putting food on the table, whatever. Yeah, hey, fair enough. Hey, I'm not. A, I don't hate politicians. I just hate some of the shit they say. Yeah, but it's like anything. You're allowed to hate. Would you ever be a politician? No, maybe. It's a thankless job. I've got twenty six thousand uh, signatures saying that I should be the prime minister That's at the moment. That's true. You do, <laughs> which well, is a lot. How many do you need to actually be prime minister? I don't know. I don't want to be prime minister. That, you, know, you wouldn't do it. No. Why would you want to do that? What would you do? Well, if just, you, don't just say, paid, you don't get paid enough to do that Hypothetically speaking, shit. if you did become prime minister, what's the first thing you'd do? Uh, Coke and the bubblers. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe you shouldn't be prime minister. I don't think that's going to work. I don't know. Australia's fine. Like- Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What do you really need to change? You need to look after workers more. Mm. Okay. And then everything else is pretty... I don't know. I live in Newcastle. Everything's really great there. Newcastle's an awesome place. I love Newcastle. I'm going to be there next weekend for the opening of Rebel Sport. A Rebel Sport a sponsor of this podcast? Uh, no, they're not. But, well, they, they pay me to read their commercials this week at Rebel Sport. So I guess in, in, a, in a roundabout way, yeah, they're, well, they're a sponsor of the I podcast. think they should jump on board. I mean, they pretty much pay for the microphones and everything. They paid for the studio in, indirectly. So Fair I'd like to thank them. I've been doing their commercials for 22 years now. What? Really? Yeah, I'm that old. Holy shit. It's a long freaking time. 22 That's years. That's a lot of sports shoes between drinks. I'm 25. Yep. So uh, since you were three, buddy. <laughs> since you were three... I was Holy selling sports shit. shoes. Yeah, well, it used yeah. to be Amart Sports, and then uh, oh, did it. And then I thought, well, they've merged. I thought I won't have the job anymore, so I put my voice on a few of the Rebel ads and sort of changed the tone a little bit. And uh, and the boss of Rebel went, "Why, why are you sending me these commercials that we've already got on air?" And he goes, "Because it's me." He goes, "No, it's not. It's some other voice guy." And no, 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 it's me. And he goes, "Oh well, you're still on contract with Amart." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, you got the job." And I'm like, "Yes." Wow. So, Still doing it, still opening stores and stuff like that. It's a great organization. That's Lots cool. of lovely people work yeah, there. Yeah. And I can't say. I used to love Rebel Sport as a kid. Enough love good things there. about them. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I mean, you can come down to Sean Cliff and. Sean Cliff? Not Sean Cliff. Not a place. Um, you can come down to Shoal Harbor. Shoal Harbor. <laughs> is it Shoal Harbor or Shell? Shoal Bay, Shoal, isn't it? Shoal Bay? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. On Saturday. It's going to yeah. be good. No, it won't be. Hey, tell me about your, uh, your movie. My that's movie? Coming out. Yeah. What, what should people expect to see there? What movie? You know, your documentary. It's already out. Yeah, yeah, well, tell us about it so we can get more people to watch it. Go and watch it. Yeah, we, like <laughs> it's about it. me. It's about it's about my life. It's about uh, it's about the 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 journey from nothing to slightly something. So it's kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah, you've pretty much got the documentary here. Yeah, go okay. and just so click, you don't need to watch it. Go, go and click on it. Don't worry about the documentary. Watch a few ads and then get off it so I can get some money. Um, <laughs> what made you decide to do that? Uh, well, it's basically, uh, do you want the business answer or do you want the YouTube answer? No, I want the Isaac Butterfield answer. When someone said, do you want to do a documentary about your life? That's my idea. That, that's not that funny. <laughs> it was my but, idea. But it shows you and who you are. Well, it's I think pretty it's much Im- for the fans. I think it's important that people can uh, sort of, in a in a sense, understand the person who I am, not just this person who screams at a camera and upsets people. Mm. I think that's important to have that emotional connection so that 
next time you know they i put something out they, they, they give me the benefit of the doubt when they not, go oh yeah oh, it's okay i saw his doco he's a nice guy yeah exactly but you do do that is that so you can get away with saying so you can get away more? with more are you going to step it up a little bit now I, absolutely I did all this nice stuff in this video now let's do some really fucked up shit yeah we'll go for holocaust stuff and really take it up another <laughs> notch how do you go any further i don't know <laughs> a lot of people are getting kicked off facebook at the moment and, and instagram i'm one ban away from getting kicked off facebook one ban but my stuff's been removed. Are you behaving just, a little bit more because of that? I'm just on not Facebook? posting on it. Oh, okay. I'm just putting ads on there for like shows or whatever because it's a good way to advertise. This is what I was talking about with my Uber driver actually on the way over here. The sort of uh, the way that it's structured is it's just not it's not cut with the same brush. Whether it depends on what side of politics you are, and mm. that's unfair. But no, I'm going. <laughs> um, fuck me, dead. This table is. I made this table. You leave this table alone, uh, mate. Well, These are old um, railway sleepers, and I sand them down. They're very, hands. they're very thin. It's a bit rockety. I, ju- I just got a um, a couple of chairs from Bunnings and screwed them to the bottom. Can you mention Bunnings with your allegiance to Rebel Sport? You can't buy sports shoes from Bunnings, <laughs> and cool. I don't think they ever would. And if they did, let me just say I would never shop there again. I've never shopped at Bunnings. I only shop at Rebel Sport. Yeah, exactly. You can even go there and ask if you can get nails and hammers from Rebel Sport. I'm actually trying to get a job at Rebel Sport at the moment. I don't want to do YouTube anymore. I want to work for Rebel. Well, that's that's the thing. That's fine. You can you could I can introduce you. Yeah. As long as you don't want to do any voiceovers or host any of their store openings, like Shoal Harbour coming up this Saturday, we're going to be sweet. I did voiceover work for a while. Did you? I did it for a um for a company that was selling houses. You do have a, quite a resonant tone to your voice. Mm, I'm could sick at the moment, so I can't really... demonstration. It'll sound better because you're sick. Uh, yes, good evening and welcome to Rebel Sport, the only location in Australia where you can get not only hardware, but footwear. That's, I like that. <laughs> that. That's good. You know what? You can do that job because that's the in-store announcements and I think they use some other monkey to do that anyway, so that's fine. Fair enough. And, th- and they'll pay you in sports shoes. Is that all right? Yeah, I need new shoes. I actually just bought Jordans for the first time. Nice. My mate Lane I believe they're on sale this week at Rebel. My mate Lane will be very happy to hear that. Some very very sexy Jordans I bought them online. Anyway, uh, it, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to yeah, be here. And we found here, out man. all about the old butts and, yeah. uh, and found out the good and the bad and everything in the middle. The good butt, the bad butt. And the, and the, 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 the hemorrhoid butt. The hemorrhoid butt <laughs> as well. As well. <laughs> Who's going to clean that up, by the way? Not me. Oh, no, no. I'm leaving. Goodbye. God damn it. <laughs> Butts, man. Thank you, sir. Go and check out his documentary and see him coming to a town near you very soon. Or don't. Or don't. If you don't like me, if you've made it this far, you're probably going to come. So good on you. But, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and who else? Who, I, I, who, else, who else has been on this podcast? Who else? Who else is coming up? Oh, who else is coming up? Yes. Uh, we've got a couple of politicians coming oh, up on the show. who's coming up? Uh, it, uh, a lady, uh, Terry. Lo- her name's Terry, and she's a local federal politician, wants to come on the show. Okay. Because we had Karen Phelps on, and, you know, she won. So, obviously, Terry said, well, I'll work for yep. Karen Phelps. Maybe I'll get on the show as well. Beautiful. Uh, we've got a spider expert from the uh, the Queensland Museum coming Lovely. on to talk about spiders. You know there's a, a spider in the Amazon. If it bites you, you have an erection for a week. Wow. Do you know there's a spider in an English jail at the moment with an erection? His name's Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the wobble. Actually, you know, the last time I was in Newcastle, I bought a Rolf Harris CD. You know he's still on Spotify? <laughs> you know why I did? Why? I, I was. <laughs> this is the only time. This is the last time I worked in Newcastle. I was opening a Golo store. Jesus. And if I can find the ad or put it up on the screen, I had to bounce around the store on a pogo stick. Oh, no. And say, the bargains are bouncing out the door this week at Golo. 
And one of the bargains, they had Rolf Harris's CD on sale. And I remember we were delirious because we had a big night the night before at the brewery yep. on the water. And it was so, it hurt my head bouncing around on that pogo stick in that commercial. And got the Rolf Harris CD and we're listening to it in the car. You know, he does all, I mean, not, um, his music was very interesting. I'm not giving him a massive rap because he's a pedo, but you know how he used to do that thing where you I'm, sh- I'm sure, I'm sure you can hear that on his CD and any cupboard in the, uh, in the mid eighties, just coming out of someone, some young child's wardrobe. But, but like, how did they not? Cotton onto it earlier would his songs have got him going, <laughs> and he's and he's sound like it. His other sound effects <laughs> like Pennywise. Who would have thought at the start of this podcast that you'd come out as a bigger creep than me? Okay, I'm not saying I'm a fan of his or anything, but uh, I think you are. I just that, that's no one. Someone else should take that now. He's not allowed to have it, and, and they should. Maybe I should. Make Who's it the next own. Australian celebrity to go? Oh, the next Australian celebrity. This I can't say that. They'll sue me. But let's just say that there's someone on Channel 10. <laughs> Actually, they could probably sue me too. No, I take that back. I have no idea. No, we don't know. We'll cut that out. No, I'd say that that, that celebrity is uh, yet to be discovered in his shed in his backyard making a podcast. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Shit. I... Um... I appreciate that you're happy to go with these conversations with me because, it, you know, sometimes we forget that these are going out to other people to listen to. Mm. And that is a problem with me. I often say things that I go, oh, fuck. Shouldn't have said Shouldn't that. Have said that. But. It shows we're real. We're real What are you humans. doing? What can you do? We're just, we're just real human beings that make mistakes and say silly things. But that's the thing. That's silly things. We're just real human beings. No one's going to turn to me to get proper facts and news and real information. People do that with me, though. For you, on the other hand, <coughs> which is concerning, are you going to do like a Sunday night news show? I do a news show. It's called the Butterfield Broadcast News Service Systems, which is on every. It's on occasionally. It's just when you feel like it. Pretty much, but I've got one this week. It'll probably come out on Thursday or something. You can change the name, or is it still called that? Butterfield Broadcast News Service Systems. No, the BBNSS is still coming. I was thinking of doing my own show called The Projectile, where I just refute everything they say. Do it. What do you think? Why not? People will get around that. Why don't you do it? Maybe. What advice would you give to me as an, an ex-reality TV host, someone who's hosted primetime TV shows on 7, 9, and 10? Because, you know, I get laughed at by a lot of people who I work with at, at TV and radio stations. Why are you doing that show? Why, why are you trying to become a YouTuber? Like, what advice would you give to someone like me who is in that realm now? Well, tell them people to suck a dick because... <laughs> Their lives are obsolete and their, their medium is dying and it's hilarious. I love it. TV is out. It's gone. And YouTube is the new TV and Netflix is the movies. That's what it is. And people who deny that or refuse to accept that are just going to, they're just going to crumble eventually. Um, YouTube is a great way to meet people. And I don't just mean that as individual people, but an audience. And it's a great way for people to get people behind you. Because not like with TV, uh, you are chosen to be a host or be mm. the representative by people, one or two people by one or two people on YouTube people choose you so they believe in you they appreciate you you are an actual person to them they see something come up they'll go and watch it they'll go and buy a ticket they'll buy your merch because they like you you know people don't give a shit about TV hosts mm. they don't and you see like the Australian TV at the moment they're just giving like Dave Hughes got another TV show why he hasn't been relevant since the glass house finished in 2002 
Fuck him. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really like the Australian comedy nah, circuit, because they're all you? fuckwits. And you've just had a run-in with them as well. Yeah, they all carry on like absolute pork chops. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I have friends in it, mm. and there are good people in it, and I'm speaking widely here. But they're just, they're exactly the same. They look down on people on YouTube. They go, oh, you're one of those internet comedians. I did stand-up for five years before I started doing YouTube, started doing YouTube because no one accepted the type of stand-up that I do at clubs. They're like, oh, it's, mate, it's a bit harsh. You know, you, it'll never really work. Well, the proof's in the pudding now, isn't it? You know, it does work and mm. people do enjoy that. And I don't want to come across here as an arsehole, mm. but I'm going to. Mm. <laughs> and anyone who, in the, in the Australian comedy industry right now, they're just trying to get a job on the ABC or Channel 10 for that spot in the gala where they get, you know, seven minutes and they do clean jokes. Mm. That's not dying. me. it's dying. Their ratings go down every Absolutely. year. Absolutely, every year. And the thing I found with, you know, working at so many different radio stations over the years and TV stations, if that one or two people decide not to put your show on anymore, you might have had a million viewers. Like, we went to do a second series of Download, uh, a show that I was doing with Ryan Fitzgerald and Brie Amer. It was just YouTube clips and funny stuff and we'd do stunts in studio and we were getting... Uh, a million viewers every night and then they just decided it was too expensive to run and they just canned it so you lose those fans they're gone they're gone but when you got your show on youtube facebook wherever they're yours for life you go on holidays for a couple of months not do anything and you, you come, come back. back and just keep doing it yeah and the thing is like radio is dying too i don't know if you've listened to the radio recently but some dude in new south wales does a danny lakey or something hmm. he had a segment on his radio show the other night, my mate texted me about it and it was, how do you arrange your cutlery drawer? If I talked about on my YouTube channel how I arrange my cutlery drawer, I would, there would be a fatwa on my head. Mm. People would want me gone, banished, banned, kicked out. Mm. But that's where the, that's where, I mean, they're just appealing to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. And that's not what YouTube is. And I think as well, someone who's coming from working in, uh, you know, the media industry since I was like 14, I started in, Tare at 2RE. Beautiful. You know, just just being the office boy shit kicker and worked at so many different places over the years. You, you've got this ingrained filter in your head where you know that you're not allowed to cross that line. You're not allowed to say certain things. And and breaking that barrier, even me doing doing this show, I think if I break that barrier, then oh, I could lose this person. I could yeah, lose that. yeah, of could course. Lose, you know, it's dangerous. And it's, it's sort of something in, inside of me that feels like, oh, you're going to get sacked. You might get that next gig that you might get, but... Sometimes you just got to shake it off and just go, whatever, you know, they either love me or they hate me. Man, I could have not put out a lot of videos because I was worried about backlash, but then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here going to my premiere of my, my, my comedy specials tonight in front of a sold out crowd. You got to take chances in life. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there, the reason I don't like the Australian comedy industry is because the way they treated me way before I talked shit about them. Mm. So I just... What'd they do? They just didn't like me. They just like, I wasn't in the click because I was making YouTube videos. It is a massive I, click, isn't I it? Made, I made YouTube videos for a whole year and the, the most views I got was like a thousand. Mm. And then I went from, it took me 12 months to get to a thousand subscribers and then 12 days to get to 180,000. 12 days. Yeah, it just exploded. Wow. So amazing. that overnight success sort of thing, they didn't see the year before or the five years of stand-up before that and then the dream before that as a kid. Yeah. So this is, this is the point where I am at now. And this is not, this is not the pinnacle. Mm. I know a lot of Australian comedians would be like, oh, I'm going to tour Australia. And I'm going to mm. be the, that's not where I want to be. I want to tour Australia, yes, because I love Australia. I love going around and, and, and meeting everyone. But I want to tour the UK. I want to tour America. I want to do all these things mm. because I'm not done yet. Mm. I just want to keep growing. Do you think they get the shits with you because they have been doing the comedy circuit for years yeah. and years and years and hoping one day to, that someone will discover them? But you've 
done it a different way. And yeah. I mean, a lot of people in radio and TV who have been there forever get annoyed with an Instagrammer who's really funny and they get a job straight away at a capital city radio station doing a drive show where, you know, they worked in the country and tried to work their way up. And to those people, you, they should just understand that they've, they've got to create and make interesting stuff themselves mm. and put it out there because by the end of it, if that's what you want to be, someone who's an entertainer and someone that's putting on a show, you can do that right now. The people who are upset at other people because they're getting opportunities that they didn't get, it's their fault. Don't be negative about it. Go out and do it yourself. The internet's free. Anyone can download Instagram or, or YouTube. Anyone can get a camera. Anyone can edit it and make mm. their own shit. Do it. Stop blaming other people. Get it done and go out and find your audience. Don't rely on Channel 10 to pick you because they won't. All it takes is time. Yeah, Channel 10 won't pick you. Fuck Channel 10. Uh, they, they, they only pick people from token management, don't they? Yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah. With like the, the, the big comedy special in, in Melbourne, mm. you have to be a part of a certain agency to get into that comedy special, the, uh, the gala on Channel 10. Like, uh, That's one, bullshit. One agency gets a couple of picks, another agency gets another couple of picks. So unless you're in that, That's not fair. you don't get picked. And mm. then you don't make money at Melbourne because all mm. the money gets filtered into that. Mm. So the agencies, so those agencies who are involved make mm. the money. And counting the Barry Humphreys Award, a guy who is a trailblazer, a leader for comedy yeah. in Australia, one of the, if not the first Australian comedian to make it internationally, and to take his award title away from him just because of something he said? Because he said that it was a fad that people about transgender people. Uh, women, men mutilating themselves to become women mm. or something like so that. So I spoke about it and the idea that uh, cutting off your penis to become a woman is mutilation is, it's not a nice way to put it, but it's mm. correct. Yeah. It's in general cut, terms. When you, when you, that's what they do then. They mutilate it so that they can eventually become a woman. Yeah. And, and, and if they and want to do that, we, that's a whole other conversation. We could talk about that for ages. But hey, Caitlyn Jenner only just found out, had the snip and tuck. I didn't know that that, that happened. She's here. Hey, Caitlyn. <laughs> oh, we got a date later. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a whole other topic. You're right. Yeah. Speaking, uh, of your, speaking of dates, not your date. <laughs> we were talking about the date before. You've got to go because you've got a show. Oh, no, we have a show. Yeah. Well, I, I'm doing the Q&A. Well, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's a Thank pleasure. Thank you very much for your time, and well, I'm glad I find... Because we're, we're going to stay together now. Well, I did it for the camera. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that again. Thanks for being on the show, Isaac Butterfield. That is okay. You smile at your camera, and I'll smile at mine. No, 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 that's you there. Bye. I think we did everything we needed to. Yeah. Follow him. He's a funny guy. Good bloke. Or Isaac don't. Butterfield. The butts man. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.